History. I am joined as always evening by uh, John Gilday and Lee Sutherland. How are you guys? Oh, Hello. you know me. Living the dream. Living, Living the dream in lockdown. And lockdown. As always. Chin chin. There we have it. Cool. So uh, this week, guys, we are looking into the, uh, into the deaths and the serial murderer that is Jack the Ripper. Um, now, it's it's an odd one in the fact that it's it's well over a hundred years ago now, so you're looking at 1891, and in reality, what we're looking at is a space of five murders, five what they call five canonical murders, which is the ones that everybody's pretty much agreed they actually committed. Now. It's an odd one for me that it's still it's famous, maybe even though it was as famous at that time, because it was a, a pretty lawless time. There wasn't really an effective police force uh, in situ. Um, it was very, very early days of the police force. There was no forensic um, science, etc. Um, but there was autopsies done, etc. And we do have the reports on a few photographs from the murders. What I do find interesting is that even at the time, there was discrepancies of how many murders were actually thought of as, as being from the Jack the Ripper, including the actual head of the police force at the time, who is actually uh, Edwin <coughs> Reed, Edmund Reed, who uh, actually did think that there was at least one more on top of the canonical murders as well. Um, but this, this, they settled on, on, on five. So, Growing up, this is another one that I actually took a, a, a great deal of um, time to look into. So I've got more theories on um, as well. And hopefully we'll be able to, to, to nail it down to a few people, of the, certainly of the known suspects, although obviously there might be people out there we just don't know about. So, uh, so yeah, guys, first of all, before we go into the details and everything, do, do you remember, did you have much uh, memory of this as a kid or look into it or anything like that when you were, when you were younger? Um... Yeah, I remember. I remember years and years ago uh, when I lived in a place called Lindburn, just in uh, Elskin. Never used to go near the woods at night time because you were scared in case of Jack the Ripper was coming to get you. <laughs> you had no concept of time when you were like fucking eight, but I always perceived I always had one eye over my shoulder looking for Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, but apart, I think it's probably got a lot to do with maybe the movies, like the Sherlock Holmes movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That were done. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that's kind of my earliest memory of him. So it has been in my memory from a very young age, but uh, I didn't really do too much research or anything on it. Uh, but I've read bits and bobs over the years as well. It's interesting, you know, you, you mentioned Sherlock Holmes. This is bang on when Sherlock Holmes was actually was actually initially active. Um, Arthur Conan Doyle was writing his, uh, the, the, the various different stories, and he never appeared in a Sherlock Holmes story. And he didn't really ever... Um, do anything with a serial killer and anything in it, which was quite strange to me, Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, there is a recent game, though, I think, actually, which I'm considering getting from a PS4, which is, I think, Kim versus Jack the Ripper, but that's quite interesting. There you go. Hey, what about yourself, Lee? Do you have any early memories of uh, of Jack the Ripper or hearing of them or whatever? Not so much. Just uh, all the things that you would have seen on TV. I remember the film from Hell. I've seen that a couple of times. 
there's always been different incarnations of some form of movie or a B movie on the topic. Um, I think there's been something on TV as well in the past, but no, it's it's not something I've got a great insight into. You know, certainly not before looking into it today. Yeah, I'll tell you why I ask, which is if you actually look into the murders at the time. And, um, you know, because one of the things is say, what that we try and do, uh, we don't try and come on as an awful lot of your kind of, um, you know, your programs on on history, whatever, your ancient aliens with Leon, sorry, George on it, stuff like that, and the various Fuck other, <laughs> and the various other programs you get, <laughs> they either regurgitate um, what you've you've heard before and kind of package it slightly differently, or they just come up with complete nonsense and pish. And what we try and do is we try and dig a little bit deeper and find find new angles and new things, etc. And 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 looking at this, I was looking at the at some various murders around the same time. And the thing that struck me is there's so many of them. There's so many of them. There's there was eleven murders around the same time that that, that could be or could be not Jack the Ripper, and they reckon six aren't his. But two of those others, certainly two of those others, are linked to each other. So you had, at that point, you had certainly two serial killers in the way, on this, all go the score at the same time. And potentially a lot more, because they also found, outside those 11 murders, you were also finding various torsos in, uh, in the River Thames. So there was at least three um, women that had been found in the River Thames with the, the, their torsos and uh, their legs and arms and everything cut off, which would then lead to a third serial killer active at the same time. Um, so what kind of strikes me more than anything else about it, I suppose, is the fact that Jack the Ripper has become so famous and so iconic as this dreaded figure. Even at the time, the, the press, etc., had him as this cloak and dagger guy walking about the streets with the, the big black coat and the top hat and the knife and all that kind of stuff. And, and it's just very odd when there were so many murders and very, so many people going missing at the time that, that this became such a big thing. So, so let's look into the background a little bit. So five canonical <coughs> victims. Mary Ann Nichols, Annie Chapman, and there was two in the same night, which was Elizabeth Stride and Catherine Eddowes, which we'll come back to a bit later. And then his piece de resistance, if you like, was Mary Jean Kelly, who was the only one. The other four were all killed on the street, and then he did whatever he could with them, and then he escaped. Uh, Mary Jean Kelly was an entirely different thing is because they went back to her room, and then her body was discovered the next morning when the guy came round to collect her rent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he could literally have taken his pound of flesh off her because she was literally skins cut bits off her. Or there was bits of, he'd put her, like, sort of her, half her insides above her head. He'd cut off her face. Um, he'd done all kinds of nasty, nasty, nasty stuff to her. Um, he tucked at me and then he ended up, like, ticking um, tucking her hand inside her stomach and stuff like that. I mean, there's, there's photographs of the crime scene. Um, if you if you want to go and look at it, which I wouldn't really advise you do, but they're, they're there. Um, and then he stopped, completely stopped. Uh, and then then mystery becomes is not only who is he, but why did he stop? Because they literally have, uh, as serial killers do, they they were 
growing, they were, they were growing in intensity, the murders. Um, so the first one was more or less a slashed throat, a couple other bits and pieces. Second one was a little bit further. Elizabeth Stride, it was just a slashed throat, but, but he got, clearly he's been interrupted at that point. Um, and the, because it's literally 45 minutes later, the second body's found, and he's gone a bit more to town on her. Um, and then, as I say, the last one, but the last one, in fairness, is maybe what he was wanting to do all the time, but um, obviously he, he didn't have the place until he got her room. So there we go. Um, so before we, I go into um, any more detail on that or into the victims, etc., it's uh, so, so John, what, what have you been looking at for us this week? I, I've looked at, um, I've looked at like kind of like, uh, as, as, as I always like to do, is look at like kind of stats and figures mm-hmm. uh, around about the time, like as in uh, how many people were arrested, interviewed, blah, blah, blah. I've also looked at the four, which you've just touched on, is the four possible reasons as to why he stopped mm-hmm. as well. Um and I've also kind of obviously there's that many there was there's just been that many suspects, but I've picked out a few um, that you know that are possible, and not just not just it's uh, it's uh, Jack the Ripper. Could it be Jill the Ripper? Yeah, yeah. So you know that to me is quite a plausible one as well. Um, so yeah, uh, that's what I've kind of been looking at as well. So. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Lee, what about you? What have you been looking at for us this week? Yeah, um, I just got went into some of the details, um, a little bit mm-hmm. about the victims. Um, I got the dates on it. Um, so, um, well, one of them, the, the Martha Tabram, she was this up 39 times. You know, it's it's some of the, the, the things that it's interested is the similarities, but then the total differences. Yeah, yes, yeah, Kendall. Need... I can already see by the finger that you've got something different. Yeah. To say. Well, we, well, we need to be careful because technically, just an FYI, we yeah. get used to this. This is what it's going to be like the entire podcast. By the way. <laughs> we may as well just get prepared. That Kendall's got his brace yourself. He's got his fucking Daz box out already. And he's ready to step <laughs> on it at any time. Like, was he but, not already sitting on it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, I thought you were stand on because you're so short. But no, right. Okay. <laughs> Martha Tabram is not a ripper victim. Okay, so that that's where I was. That's where I was jumping in. Technically speaking, Martha Tabram is not a ripper victim. So I know she was stabbed in the nineteens, but that was the thing. That's not his modus operandi. And from what his the accepted canon, it's not. It's not one of his. But I think the victims is a really good place to start so i'll probably not jump in too often but i'm not promising on that so do you, do you want to start off with Lee? Let, let, let's let's start with the victims today yeah um okay so mary ann nichols yeah is that yeah okay pass go on with everybody you've got because it is it, it, it is still, <laughs> you're on a roll i would go with Mar- <laughs> martha tabram as well because actually remember what we past where actually links have then been drawn and and they've come back into it just because they're not linking these things i'm just saying that she's not linked as a a canonical victim that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about okay but it's just when you said oh his victim well maybe not but you should certainly still talk about cool um yeah so anyway marianne nichols she was killed on the 7th of august in 88 so her throat was slit and she was disemboweled 
that's uh, that was the basics I've got on her. That was yeah. that one. Well, I just I just broke it down rather short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Annie Chapman, 9th of September, 88. Her uterus was ripped out. Um, and you've got Elizabeth Stride, September the 30th. That was only hours later that Catherine Eddowes. Um, that was, again, a disembowelment. So that was that was all within two months that I had. November the 9th of 88, another one for Mary Jane Kelly. Um, but that was the first one, as you mentioned, who'd been killed indoors. She was the one that seemed he'd spent a bit more time on because she was quite brutally mutilated. Um, so Mary Jane Kelly, she'd been disemboweled and also her skin removed, her breasts cut off and her, base, uh, her face brutally slashed right down to the bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was that body that dictated pretty much the first case of profiling by the person that did the autopsy on that which was quite interesting. That was the first uh, case of profiling that they've got on record. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that profile was released, or at least after that autopsy was released, that was when the killing stopped. Yeah. The, um, the, you were talking about the dates. Of the, what's interesting about the dates um, to me as well is they're all kind of very close to either the end of the month or the week after the end of the month. So it's almost like a payday splurge. Um, so it's like you know, uh, some of us go out and get pissed when we get paid. That's some go in. He just he just gets his paycheck because it starts randomly <laughs> slashing people like me to go out on the slash. I, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, he goes buys a new knife and goes and tries it out. I mean, that's uh, so so let's go. And look, let's look at a couple of the um, the things with the, the, or a couple of the theories now. A lot of people were saying that he must be a doctor or he must have anatomical knowledge, etc. There's still a lot of debate uh, about that. What I would say is uh, there's a couple of quite specific um, areas that have been taken out, and if you didn't have in, in those days in the those days and uh, times, I'm not convinced that. You would you would know what a uterus was. I don't I don't know you know if you open a woman up and, and there's this thing there that you would up, you know note that and recognise it straight away as a uterus, uh, and yet that was certainly removed twice, um, which was an interesting one. Um, and again, uh, you know the hearts like Mary Jane Kelly, she was the only one that the hearts removed. But the heart itself doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look like a heart-shaped, you know. So again, in 1899, there's somebody with no anatomical knowledge, etc. When you've got the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, etc. And when he opens it up, is he going to recognise what a heart looks like? Because that's the only thing that's been removed. Um, and there was a couple of the incisions, etc. as well, which, again, you know, one of the things is taken away is a kidney. Um and that's one of the very, very few, as gross as this is to talk about, it's one of the very few things that you'd probably eat would be a kidney, uh, which we'll maybe come back to later again if we look at the letters. Um, but I, I personally think there's a, a rudimentary um, knowledge, certainly, perhaps more, um, of the uh, uh, knowledge of, of anatomy. Um, but certainly an interesting, uh, an interesting point. There was more than one people. One killer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, 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 yeah. There wasn't one person. 
No, I get you've got I, maybe, potentially one killer, and then one person that comes along and you know gets what they're wanting from it. I, I there's think, a tickle of Birkin hair right there, you know. There's certain organs that are being removed. Is it for eating? Is it for use? Is it for education? Is it for whatever? I don't know. But are selling on. There, there, there is. I mean, what the what I would say is that the, the thing that says to me that these are probably the five correct canonical victims is that these the first four they were all slashed or the, their throats were slashed. The way he killed them um, was he basically knocked them down. Strang was, was throttling them, knocked them down, and then he would slash their throats, and that's how the the, the method of death. The, all the stuff that was done afterwards was which way did he go, Kendall? Yeah, exactly. He was he was left-handed. The first four, he was left-handed. So that kind of... I don't think you're going to have too many people in, in, with the five victims around the same time. I would find it unusual that you're going to find two left-handed people that specifically killed them by slashing their throats. That's why I think that there is two schools of thoughts in that. That's the reason that I go down the fact that I, I think that these four victims plus Mary Jane Kelly because Mary Jane Kelly's odd one out there because there was nothing left to her throat so they have no idea <laughs> she, what side they went from because her face and her throat is just not there so I mean it just looks like a skull when he's finished with it it's, it's pretty it's pretty god awful if, if we're honest um, which we always are so that's uh, that's an interesting one um so yeah, so, so so John, let's let's go up to you. So you've got some stats for us, haven't you? So let's let's hear what you've got. Okay, well obviously we've talked about everybody knows he was called Jack the Ripper, but you know, mm-hmm. do we know why or how he became to be known as Jack the Ripper? From the letters. Yeah, well from the first, yeah, from the first letter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he signed it at the end, Jack the Ripper. Mm-hmm. So that's that's how that's how he got his name. But again, I know we're going to touch on the letters later on, but that's... We can do it now, we can do it now. Let's do it as um, well. Well, yeah, um, yeah, so you said, and then you had... Uh, I, I quite like the second one, the, the mm-hmm. Saucy Jack postcard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 1880s porn writer. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah I, I, one thing I did actually quite like was there was a name given to it, like mm-hmm. the whole uh, saga, which I think was quite good. It was called The Autumn of Terror. Mm. Yeah, I think it's I think it's quite. It kind of sums it up quite well. But um, yeah, we, you've already t- touched on the five canonical. Uh, there's possibly other six have been linked with varying degrees. Yeah. Um, some some other kind of interesting stats. Uh, over two thousand people were interviewed at that time, and you got to remember, like at that time, um, White Church. No, sorry, White Chapel. White Chapel was very much a transient area as well, yeah. so there's a, a lot of people moving about as well, but they interviewed uh, 2,000 people. Um, of those 2,300 2, people were investigated and their alibis were checked, uh, and 80 people were detained during the investigation, but mm-hmm. none were obviously none were ever charged because of lack of evidence. Yeah. But there's another interesting one, the more I was reading, mm-hmm. which probably links to possibly one of the reasons why he stopped it at the time um, I think of the second or the, after the third murder, where the, there was over 500 informants in the Whitechapel area. Yeah. As well, which could link to the fact that there was too many, you probably knew that there was too many police officers because it was well documented in the papers as well. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
there's been countless amounts of books written. Um, mm-hmm. The last guess, I mean, when I look today, there's about 300. Mm. The first one was actually published in 1880 in the later part. It was called The Curse Upon the, the Curse Upon Mitre Square. And the last book was actually only published at the tail end of last year. Mm-hmm. Title two was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, can you guess how many movies have been made? Hundreds, hundreds, 250? Uh, now, according to a very credible uh, movie site, which we'll not name, uh, it's got 118. Okay. Yeah, that they've linked, but some of them are quite kind of, kind of far-fetched. There's a lot, lot of fucking German ones and stuff like that. It's quite bonkers. <laughs> like it's some of it's kind of linked to Jack the Ripper, but it's uh, it's some it's definitely when you class as a B or a C movie. Yeah. But um, the first one, one of the first notable ones, was one by Alfred Hitchcock, mm-hmm. which was uh, even seemed the title seems creepy. Glodger, a story of London fog. It's an interesting. Let, let me just jump in on that one because there's a very. Oh, but can I just can I just jump in yeah, one yeah. more thing? Just you said something about Conan mm-hmm. Arthur Doyle never yeah. really done much, mm-hmm. but there was a there was a movie done called A Study in Terror, which was about Sherlock Holmes and Jack Ripper. Yeah, but, but the um, it was, well, the, the movies said, yeah, but it wasn't Arthur Conan Doyle that done them. He did. He, did. Um, he actually looked into the Ripper case, but Arthur Conan Doyle didn't have anything to do with the movies. No, 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 I'm not saying I didn't do with the movies, but it was based on a, based on a book, oh, a study yeah, in terror. No, a study, a study in Scarlet was um, Arthur Conan's book. I, I've read every single story Arthur Conan Doyle has ever wrote. Um, uh, I, yeah. I could literally name them for you. Well, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be emailing that uh, well-known, reputable movie site tonight and tell them what I'm talking about. It might be, a study in Scarlet was the first book that actually introduced Sherlock Holmes, um, but it had nothing to do with Jack the Ripper. Um, no, this one's called A Study in Terror. I know, I'm just saying... So, so they, where do you get Study in Scarlet from? Because if they based it on a book, it's probably going to be that one. Um, but it was nothing... There was nothing remotely. He never did a serial killer. Um, and just one one final point for you, Kendall. Do you know what yep. we're all classed as now? Because we've been looking into the Ripper. Ripperologist. Ripperologist. I'm a Ripperologist. I'm going to get a big badge made up. I'm going to walk down the street with my Ripperologist badge on, looking dandy. You can take your I'm a retard badge off then. Uh, right, uh, okay. Well, I lent it to you a couple of weeks ago. Just don't give it back. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. I, I want to look into a couple of things that you mentioned there, John, just as you were. I was taking notes as you were talking because I think it's quite interesting. Um, and I'll take them in some form or order. The Autumn of Terror, really interesting thing, as I say, because it wasn't just the Ripper victims that were getting killed. Here. So we, we've already discussed there's 11 that are linked maybe to him. But five definitely, another six maybe. But there's a whole load of other people getting killed. It's, it's not a safe place. Uh, it's a really, really poor and deprived area. Uh, and I think people don't realise because, you know, you watch these turn of the century dramas and all this kind of stuff, and it all tends to be Agatha Christie and, you know, although she was slightly later and Conan Doyle and all this kind of stuff, and you've got these, you know, it's quite spooky because you see the piece super fog, as they call them, and all that kind of stuff. But what they don't point out is the poverty, and especially in those areas, I, it, it was it was terrible. It, these these women that we're talking about, they were all prostitutes, something we've not mentioned yet. They, these women were all prostitutes. And unless they sold themselves on every single given day, they couldn't eat. 
Right, it's as simple as that. They, they wouldn't eat, they wouldn't have a roof over their head, nothing. A lot of them had been thrown out by their husbands, some of them were still married, etc. Um, and the husbands were sending them out to work because otherwise they wouldn't eat, and it's as simple as that. And the sad fact of it is the fact that if the um you know, they were all terrified, they all knew about Jack the Ripper. It wasn't a case, it was the headline maker, it was the main headline every day. But they had to go out and sell themselves. And we're like, these murders were, so we're talking about so three, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. And these women are out selling themselves because they have to. There's no option. They don't eat and they don't have a house if they don't do it. And Mary Jane Kelly, in, in case in point, it was the last one. Whereas I say she was the one that was in her, uh, in her, was found in her digs, that she was found in her digs the next morning at like eight o'clock in the morning because the guy came to collect her rent off her or he was going to turf her out. And um, the way he found the body was like she, he knocked on the door and, and she, um, she didn't answer. So he went to the window and the, the window was broken. And so he went in his hand and he, he pulled pulled open the curtain and it's like surprise um which is really nice well there you go um next one that like you could put about at night time on it <laughs> obviously absolutely Aberdeen um, uh, Aberdeen Harbour <laughs> um and interesting what you were talking about the suspects all getting arrested there one of the things they looked into because they looked at to be fair considering it was a very primitive police force they did a not bad job of investigating, considering there's no forensic science or anything like that. They, they did a not bad job on this one. Uh, they collected some evidence that we've still got today, which actually, you know, in some of the cases we'll look at, um, you know, there's no evidence in the ed- evidence from the 50s, 60s, and 70s and been lost, and yet we still have fucking evidence from Jack Ripper, um, which is quite interesting. But one of the things they did, because we were talking about whether or not he was going to be... Um, skilled anatomically is they had such a thing as butcher ships which was basically as it sounds they would say they would bring their uh, well a couple of times a month they would bring in their um the, the various cows and stuff would be slaughtered and then they'd bring in the meat and then they'd take them to the uh, the, the butchers etc and they basically they got a list of all the ships and all the people that had even uh changed cruises etc uh, at the time, to to look and see if the uh, if they could find uh, somebody that was moving about that was in London all those times, and that was actually the favourite um, Queen Victoria at the time, and that was her favourite theory was it was one of these people, um, and yeah, there, there, there was nobody that was uh, they, they would like, um, which was interesting. Um, you mentioned about a lodger or the lodger. There's a very interesting thing where it is, which will come into when we go on the suspects. But one of the things I would say just now is there was one on, on the night of one of the murders that a landlady claimed that her lodger um, had sort of left the next day in a hurry and he had left um, the sink full of blood. And a shirt, I think, as well, was full of blood. But the interesting point of that was it was an American lodger. And that's an interesting one to bear for, for later on um, as well. Yeah, let, let's let's go back, John. Let's go back and as well. Could you tell us, you, you said you did a list of the reasons that he would, that the murders would have stopped. Right? And I'd be quite interested to hear what you've got there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the first one we've kind of already touched on when I, when I described the... the one of the 500 informants mm-hmm. in the streets of Whitechapel. Yeah. Um, it was 
the reason why I could have stopped was at the, um, the Star newspaper on the 5th of October. Um, and basically written a piece to say extreme vigilance has been exercised by the police. The whole place is swarmed with detectives and men in uniform. So again, that could that could be one area. Um, that the, the the reason why he could have stopped was because he was scared in case he was going to get caught again, mm-hmm. which is quite plausible if you think about it. Maybe he wasn't he was the daft. Do you know what I mean? By the time they ended the fifth month, they've got all these people. I mean, there's for the say this is five hundred informants. I mean, if there's five hundred informants, how many police were running about the place as well? So that yeah. could be one. He's probably maybe smart enough. Mm-hmm. Another reason, which is quite similar, it's quite similar to some other cases, actually present day cases as well. He could have been locked up for another crime as to why he stopped. Yeah. As well. It's kind of like uh, a bit like the Boston Strangler. Yeah. You know, uh, arrested for something completely different, but then called for it. Um, the third theory is he died. <laughs> Just, he died yeah. of natural causes. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I mean, if you think of it, it was um, uh, the life expectancy was short. You know, people were riddled with disease and malnutrition and things. So, mm-hmm. could have been another one, which uh, is the fact that um, that he was almost caught. I think you've already talked about it as well, and that goes back to someday one of the the, the, the suspects that I quite like the, the look of. Mm-hmm. That's why he stopped because he nearly got caught. Okay. As well, um, and another one just to fling in there. I actually had four bags. I just remember reading just before we came on tonight was that because of the depravity of the fifth killing, he actually committed suicide, yeah, as well. So that's another theory as well. Mm-hmm. So that's five, five, I would say, very five, very plausible. So I think, say, maybe one, mm-hmm. one, the first one, uh, he just stopped because. He was in fear of getting caught. It's yeah. probably quite plausible, but yeah, I, I, I again, it's personal, personal thing. I don't think that that one's doable. I think we've got to such a stage in his offending that he would be able to put a lid on it for a certain amount of time. But there's, there's no way if if this guy, if this guy lived, there's no way he didn't kill again. I, I can't see it. Well, yeah, if, that, if that's the case, then then the other six mothers, because potentially there's 11, then who's to say that he didn't do them? Then if you're saying he didn't, he stopped because okay. the killing, remember the last okay. killing of these 11, alleged, uh-huh. was in 91, which was three years after the first one. Ah, yes, I know. But do you know that there's one after that as well? Um, no. <laughs> we may just we we may just discuss and just a little bit shortly, um, but I I don't see him stopping for an informant. I'll tell you why as well, is because you're gonna as I say we've just discussed that these women are desperate they're on the streets. These murders are happening at between one o'clock in the morning, four or five o'clock in the morning. But there isn't a lack of sightings of Jack the Ripper. The issue is there's too many sightings of Jack the Ripper. So he's a scruffy wee blonde Ned. Um, He's a gentleman with a top hat. He is a dark-haired individual with a deerstalker. There's a a couple with him with a moustache. There's a couple with him without moustaches. I mean, they're not, you know, there's not um, many people, there's not many of the victims that haven't been seen with somebody before before they died. Um, 
and that's it. That's so for all your informants, etc. It's it's a difficult one because they could actually work against um, the police, and they could work against any conviction because you can, you know, if you were caught for it, and you you were jagged up, or you could say, well, hold on a second, I read the papers. The guy you're looking for is like two foot shorter than me, you know. Um, so it's a difficult one. Um, locked up for another crime is interesting, and and I'd like to add into that one: locked up for another crime or just locked up. Uh, there's an awful lot, and including one of the key suspects, uh, an awful lot of people who were just locked up in asylums because they were like, you know, if they were gay, if they were, um, you know, like for, for the smallest kind of ailment, if they had Tourette's, you know, anything like that, if, if they were slightly away from the norm, they were basically stuck in a sanatorium and forgotten about it, and that was it. They, they would never get out again. Um and an interesting one, and I'm not going to mention too much about this one unless unless you guys have got him as a suspect. But the only this is the only thing I'm going to mention him, in, 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 unless that is the case. Is a is a very interesting guy who I'm not finished with, and I'm not finished with him at all yet. Is Montague Montague J. Druitt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you why yeah. I'm not. And I'm telling you why I'm I'm not finished with this guy. The one of the, the guys I'm going to look at, and the guy I really fancy strongly is Jack the Ripper from the suspects we know. If, if he is of the, the known people, if, if he's going to be from somebody we know about, then I suspect strongly he's going to be uh, an American doctor called Tom Bolton. We'll go into him shortly. But he wasn't really known about. He was known about from... Uh, from a memorandum that was sent by one of the, the guys that ran the, the, the Lacen investigation. And it basically said, um, as a possibility, who I think is a strong possibility, is an American quack doctor. But I don't think he even named them in that. It was much, much later that actually just fairly recently, within the last 10, 10 15 years, that guy actually found out the name of this. And it came out from actually an article in the New York Times where had been completely forgotten about um, and was not mentioned anywhere in the British press at the time. So obviously every, all the researchers that had been looking at the Jack Ripper had been looking into the, the London Times, the Telegraph, all these kind of the old, the Strand, all these kind of things. And then one guy decided to get the bright idea. He went to the, um, to the New York Times. And in the New York Times, it was basically this full story about how Detective Andrews uh, actually was following this chap, Dr. Tumblety, uh, Francis Tumblety, um, across the, the ocean into New York. So they actually, they actually sent a, a detective um, over to, to New York to follow this guy to try and get hold of him. Um, but we'll come back to, to Tumblety. But my point is, he was only mentioned, and he wasn't mentioned in the records because the records basically got burned in the blitz, most of them. Um, but in that same memorandum that talked about Tumblety, they also said about this Dr. Montague J. Druitt. But I can find nothing. Nowhere. This guy, this guy was, he was a lawyer, sorry, he wasn't a doctor, he was a lawyer. Um, and I can find nothing, no reason know nothing at the minute as to why he would be a suspect. There, there's nothing in his background. He's not done anything at all. 
But what he has done, he's committed suicide just after the last murder, which is why I'm bringing it up just now. And I find that really intriguing. Why did this guy, who basically named four people, um, and, and one of them was Tumblety, etc., and he was the most senior officer at the time, what have they got on Drew that I can't find? Because they must have something. And the, the, the school of thought that, which is the school of thought, is that, oh, well, it was just because he committed suicide at the time. Bullshit. People were dying left, right, and centre in London at the time. People well, he was were... found in a river, wasn't he? He was, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I find yeah, that they, I, they, I find they, him they dismissed him. I think they also dismissed him as well at the time because he, um, they perceived that the killer was local to the Whitechapel area. Mm-hmm. Whereas he lived miles away on the other side of the Thames in Kent. Yeah. So that's why he was quickly dismissed. And it's also a lot to do with the fact it was just coincidental that his death was so near to the um, But the why was he a suspect? But that that's that's fine, but then I, why I, was he yeah, a suspect? I don't know. But I found that one quite strange if I'm being honest with you. Yeah. I, there's more yeah. to that one. And you can mark that down. You've got your date stamp on on this uh, laptop just now and it'll be on obviously in the thing. But he's he's getting looked into because we can't, we keep talking about threads we pull on. And I'm trying to find the thread in this guy, uh, and that's that's where I am just now. I'm I I I'm I, I'm putting my my jacket. I'm hanging my my jacket feeling in Francis Stumpleton. We'll come back to it shortly, but um, but yeah, I am I'm, I'm pulling at the thread that is Montague J. Drew. So and we'll we'll see what falls out. We'll see what falls out. So uh, so Lee, over to you. So what what have you got for us? Either on on any of those points that we've been discussing so far, or anything else you've got for us? Uh, I certainly came up across that name. There mm. was another one, um, Walter Sickert, an uh-huh. artist. Yep. Yeah. Um, as well, yeah. He he pretty much specialised in uh, painting only prostitutes. But mm-hmm. um, I think there was what was it was our name DNA, but there was something found about him that linked him to that to, to several of them, or at least created some kind of suspicion to it. There but, was, if I remember, he was proved to be away for one of the murders. He wasn't in London at the time for one of the murders. Okay. So if it's canonical, if the canon is correct, and all five of those were by Jack the Ripper, then he was ruled out, if I remember. Yeah. If I remember. That was why, why he was kind of dismissed. What about Sir William Gall? Did you just come across that one? Yeah, okay, carry on. Yep. On you go. Okay, tell us about William Go. No, nothing to say about him. Just just got a list of names here that yep. I thought were just He he was that that goes with the Duke of Clarence. Um Okay, yeah, by yeah, Prince Albert. Theory. Yeah, Prince Albert, yeah. Duke of Clarence. That was the, the one of the theories that the people were trying to and it, it was a nonsense. It was later on and it was it was a lot of nonsense. Uh, I think it was uh, Victoria's was it nephew or something? I can't, I can't mm-hmm. um was Duke of Clarence. And the uh, and this is one actually it's what right up your street, this one, um, Lee, because uh, what it was it was basically it was it was apparently Duke of Clarence that was committing the murders and William Gull uh, it was two schools of thought, actually. This shows how much I've actually time I've wasted in this in my life. There was two schools of thought. One was he was doing it to cover up from the Duke of Clarence, um, and the other one was uh, just because he was committing the murders, and the other one was actually because Mary Jane Kelly, who was the last, the fifth murderer, murdered, were the one with basically everything cut out of her. Um, 
that Duke of Clarence had got Mary Jane Kelly, who was apparently the only attractive one of the five, incidentally, as well. Uh, apparently, he had got her pregnant. And the lead up four where William Gull set in the scene to then do away with Mary Jane Kelly without having drawn suspicious suspicions to the Duke of Clarence. And that was also why that was the last murder. So that's that was that 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 incidentally that's a free one for you because that that's an awful lot of there was an awful lot of work to uh, in in my youth to to trace that one down and it's not one you'll find um, you're not one find pulled to, together quite as easily as, as I've just done for you <clears throat> but there you go sorry so else you got makes sense as to why they cut out the nether regions I suppose doesn't it it does it does and it links um, up with several other ones then so maybe mm-hmm. it was just a royal on a mad shagging spree that he couldn't control a bit of a Robert Baratheon yeah yeah I, I don't know it's, it's one of those I, I, I find I, I find very diff- difficult to swallow but then half of the girls followed, um, like find it difficult to swallow after the throats were cut so you never know um, but there you go so have you Lee have you got any other suspects for us um, let's see there's, there, there were stupid ones thrown in there there was even mm-hmm. a link for Bram Stoker don't know yep. if you're sorry about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously he was uh, he was writing Dracula at the time, and it was obviously this demon character. Um, but yeah, uh, Richard Mansfield, the actor, mm-hmm. he played Jekyll and Hyde on stage at the time, and apparently he did it to such rave reviews. He played it so well, he became not a suspect, but he he got his name linked to it. Um, so much so that they ended up stopping the play. They had to stop the play altogether because he was getting yeah, so much grief from it. As well, yeah, yeah got, that goes like, to your autumn of terror again, <coughs> doesn't it? Yeah. So everybody yeah. was so terrified by that point. There was uh, James Mabry as well who went on a <clears throat> murder and spree after his wife cheated on him. He even said that he would kill only women and he signed the letter as Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, now this was I was speaking to John before we came on actually we were talking about this one now this was this I tell you it's an interesting one it's, also, it's A it's a lot of bullshit but B it's a really interesting lot of bullshit um, because the actual thing it's based on including the letter and the diary are fake um, and basically what happened it was, it was only about maybe 20 years ago there was this so called diary found and the diary, like in this kind of walled up chimney kind of thing. Uh, and it was basically the diary, and you can find it online, but it's certainly available to buy. Uh, and it was the diary of James Maybrick. Now, it was backed up by a watch that was found as well. Um, and I think it had his initials and then JR or something in it as well, but it could have been scratched at any time. It was a pocket watch. But basically, it was the ramblings of uh, somebody that was, as, as you say, who was like getting pissed off with his wife, yada, 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 and then he was going on and describing the killings and going steadily more mad, um, et cetera, and then had this letter in the back of it with I, I'm Jack the Ripper. Um, the, the problem with it is that the ink was tested in the, um, and one of the, one of the, um, Filaments on it's not filaments. What's the word? One of the pigments or something wasn't available until 1974, so it, it wasn't it wasn't contemporaneous. It, it's not it's not true. However, I'll I'll tell you what's interesting or why it is interesting about. And sometimes in history, these things just people just get lucky. 
And there's a few things that actually that they couldn't have known about if if they were people that hoaxed it. There's a few things that they they couldn't really have known about that would link him to it. They weren't picked up at the time, which is when he he was uh, he supplied lint. It was it was something to do with a, a, a lint salesman or something like that, a cloth salesman, and in the um, I think it was Annie Chapman. It could be Nichols. It was one of the first two, anyway. In a list of her, in a list of the things that were found with her when she died, there was a piece of lint mentioned, which is interesting. Now, the next thing is, if you actually look a couple of the a couple of the um, the people that he did. When he started to get professional, he started to really butcher these people. There was triangles. There were um, they were marked underneath their eyes, or sometimes the nose was like done a certain way. And one in particular had a, an upside down. It was basically described as an upside down V under each eye. But if you put them together, obviously, that would be an M. And very interestingly, if you look at the picture, um, and I might we might do it the same again. But we might just make the the picture, the profile picture, um, of Mary Jean Kelly, um, and the, the what was left of her. But very interestingly, if you zoom right in on the wall next to the uh, next to the, the the head of the body, if you like. There appears to be, and it's not mentioned anywhere, it's just what you can see in the photograph, or you can think you can see in the photograph, there appears to be the initials FM written in blood on the wall. Now, his wife was Florence Maybrick. So, for the reasons other than the diary, which I discount entirely, and the letter, which I discount entirely, then James Maybrick is actually interesting. Um, but there you go, there you go, John. Who who have you got as suspects? Oh man, the list is endless, and every one of them I started looking into. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that seems pretty plausible. And then I started doing this. I think I stopped at about seven. <laughs> I just started looking at every one of them plausible, but one of them was quite good. In in that um, a the time he was admitted to the Lambeth Infirmary. Mm-hmm. And B, the relation he had to well, why his uncle was a fellow was a police officer. Okay, it was a guy called Thomas Cain Cutbush. Uh huh. Yeah. Have you read that one? Um, I've read a bit about it, but it's, but tell our good listeners that we. Yeah. Um, so he, I'll give you a bit of background on him. So he was a medical student. Um, who was admitted uh, suffering from delusions thought to be caused by, by syphilis. Now, I don't know whether any of you picked on this, but Kendall, you've always been looking at this for a long time. I'm not mm. saying you're an expert in syphilis by no manner of means. <laughs> but it's uh, like quite a lot of these people, uh, the more I've read on it, there's quite a lot of them, little suspects and stuff like that, that seem to have had syphilis. Yeah. Well, it, was, know, it, was, you know, it was untreatable um, at the time. That's the issue. Yeah, no, no. I just found I just found it quite I just found it quite interesting. But he was admitted after stabbing a woman uh, in the backside in an attempt to stab a second one, 
and then he was pronounced insane and committed to Broadmoor in 1891. But what I just found interesting about it was that the um, the, 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 main, the, the main guy in charge of the, the investigation had named the three suspects and you've already touched on a few of them already. Mm. But he was never mentioned mainly because his uncle was a police officer. Yeah, And there's a lot of people that have actually written on it that believe that this guy was, was Jack the Ripper. So the only reason why I've kind of picked that one is because of the link to a possible cover-up. Yeah. And that's why he was probably committed to like Broadmoor, you know, maximum security, loony bin, do you know what I mean? Did either of you come across Charles Allen Cross? Yeah, yeah. Or also known as maybe Charles Allen Lechmere? Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, so so yeah. Who, who wants to tell us about him? Lee, do you want to tell us about him? No, uh, you, you go well, for that one, yeah. Uh, he was basically the man who <laughs> first found the body of the second victim, Marianne Nichols. But basically, mm-hmm. uh, he 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 said there was like another guy there before him kneeling over the dead body, mm-hmm. um, and he was interviewed and all the rest of it. But there was nothing. There was nothing documented on him. He just got a topical interview, and he was let away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but did you actually look? Did you actually? Yeah. Did you look into this guy though? He was a um, he was a meat he was a meat cart driver. Meat delivery, yeah, yeah, that's and right. And the thing yeah. is, as well, there's there's he's it's like things like his home address, his visits to the family, his roots it's a, on route to everything. All yeah. link him to the times and places of the murder. Yeah, and he yeah. knew the streets. He knew the streets really well as well. So, yeah, yeah he was one I had. I actually, well, two I, of the murders were just minutes favorite. walk from his mum's house. Yeah, uh, where he fell down to a degree. He's not out of it, incidentally, but where he falls down a little bit as a suspect is the night of the double event was his only day off. So Saturdays. The one, Saturday. And yeah. um, the, night, the nights of the double event, he was off. And again, we're not talking about uh, we're not we're not talking about sort of something that's happening at 10 o'clock and now we're talking something that's happening at sort of 2, 3, 4 in the morning. Um, and that's it. He's a very good suspect. Apart from that, he's a very good. He's a very good suspect because we've seen it in other things. You've seen it. I think we've talked about it. Something within the serial killer podcast we did. We talked about how there are people who want to be in and around the aftermath. Yeah. And and pronouncing themselves as a witness to one of them and finding mm-hmm. the body, etc. Of one of them is um is very peculiar behaviour is it's not peculiar behaviour because if you find a boy you're going to report it but what I mean by that is that it's it flags you up to me it, you know anybody that kind of finds the body or last person to see anybody alive instant, instantaneously become a suspect um, but his only one because I think he had a family if I remember rightly um, and he would be noticed to be missing if it was his, if he was on the night off of the double event so that's the only one that that's the only thing that, that makes me shy away from him as a suspect. He's a very good one. He's a very good one. Mm-hmm. But just because he was day off doesn't mean he say he could take a day off to kill him. No, absolutely. But I just think <laughs> your wife would you you know because he wasn't because he wasn't sort of thoroughly investigating. I'm, I'm going to as I said, they no, actually no, did no, not no, bad. No. They, they did a not bad job actually of investigating at the time. And I just think that unless they did spoken to somebody and found out they actually ruled him out. Um, of those ones, then he would be a very strong suspect. I would go as far as that. Um, and, and if he had been at work on that Saturday, I'd be sitting here following going, like, yeah, he's he's probably one of the younger key guys. He's yeah. one of your key guys. 
Interesting. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Um, George, George Hutchinson. Okay, tell us about George Hutchinson. Well, he... This this is quite... The reason why I like this one, uh, the look of this guy, um, is he um, he made a statement in the early 9th of November after... Uh, was it Mary Jane Kelly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that was the last one, if memory serves. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, well, this guy, yeah. George Hutchison, claimed she approached him in the street and asked him for money, and he didn't have any. He was an unemployed labourer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he stated that he then followed her and another man of a uh, conspicuous appearance to the room, and he watched the room for about three quarters of an hour mm-hmm. without seeing either leave. But he gave a very, very detailed description of somebody that, of a Jewish appearance, even though it was uh, dark at night. Yeah. Um, but what what makes this interesting is a lot of people perceive that he was the killer purely because he just he was just throwing the police off the trail by giving them a false uh, I, I like picture, if you like, of a Jewish person. Yeah, I I tell you why that's interesting. You bring that up, and again, this is something that I've never thought about. So that this is why why these things are actually good to do is when Catherine Ed was the, the night of the double murder. Um, which was Elizabeth Stride, her throat was clapped, and they surmise that he was interrupted before he could do anything else uh, and ran away because that's all that was done to her. And then 45 minutes later after her being found, and these are the main streets, by the way, guys, you know, it's, it's not like they're hidden bodies uh, in the centre of London. Um, 45 minutes later, they find the, the body of Catherine Eddowes. Now, she incidentally is probably the one that's had the second most done to her. So he's he's done quite a bit. He's cut her from like sort of the chin right down to, to the pubis and removed a few things. Um, now, one of the things he's also removed from her was an apron. And he's dropped that apron about 300, 400 yards away, maybe slightly more. So I don't know the exact distances. In a doorway, but above the doorway, which is might be a complete coincidence, but above where the apron is found, and it's really one of the only physical pieces of evidence that was ever found. Um, but above this um, apron that was found was in in chalk written on the wall, the Jews spelled J U W E S are the men that will not be blamed for nothing. Now, they washed that. The police, one of the, one of the mistakes they did make, one of the few mistakes they did make when they were investigating this at the time, was they washed that straight off because they wanted to avoid people going against the Jews because the Jews have never been popular in history, have they? Um, and uh, they didn't want riots against the Jews, etc. so they washed it straight off after taking a note on it. Uh, there's a couple of things about it. I don't want to go too far deep into it, but it's one that Lee you might want to look into more. Um, the J, the W, and the B, or something like. That. There's three letters that were capitals, uh, and it, there's a big theory that that would actually lead into um, they would they would lead into the Freemasonry because there was actually a quote from the Freemasonry etc. that would actually do this. So one of two things. Either because a lot there was a lot of um, anti-Jewish 
paraphernalia and, and graffiti, etc., in London, London at the time. So it might just be a coincidence. Or the second thing is it might be a blind. Somebody trying to actually say, you know, to, to actually make it out that a Jew had sort of done it and, and written it and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's an interesting thing. So just when you're saying that about trying to then describe a Jew, then that would actually tie in to the chalk writing, trying to basically blame the Jews for it. So it's an interesting character and it's an interesting link I'd never actually thought about. Okay. You we see, also I'm not just a pretty face, Kendall. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> that's where you. That's where you're banking. <laughs> right? You're going to be a very poor individual. <laughs> uh, oh no! Listen, I'm a Donald Wilson's big man. That boat sailed a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> right. So who, who else? Who else have we got? <clears throat> well, are you two avoiding the obvious one, the DNA one, Aaron Kaczynski? No, I, I'm not avoiding him. We'll, we'll come yeah. to him. Um. Right. Okay. Well, I, I don't. I don't fall for it. I don't buy it. You know. Um, yeah. It's only when it places him at one scene, but it does only place him at one scene. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go in? Uh, oh, Kazminsky <laughs> Lee. What have you got? On yeah. Uh, well, he was the one that has got the only link to having DNA um, on the scene of a crime, which was uh, semen found on one of the shawls. Um, I don't think it actually makes him Jack the Ripper at all in many ways, but it is interesting. I mean, look, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're prostitutes. It's going to be a little bit ridiculous to think that you're not going to find something somewhere, you know. Um, yeah. But apart from that, the interesting th thing about the guy is he was sent to um, an asylum in 1891. I mean, they, they thought the guy was a total lunatic and he was in and out of asylums during the whole period of these murders um which is interesting you know you're getting half treated you're getting half not uh, but also you're free to come in and out yeah. um but yeah also how reliable can a piece of evidence be that was it's been handed around for decades and multi-tests done on it yeah but um yeah it was interesting that he actually got some kind of dna yeah, where, where, where I'll go with Kuzminski is one that could bite me in the arse. That's the thing. Kuzminski is one that can bite me in the arse because if the DNA is correct and proved to be accurate, then literally it answers the question and, and there's nowhere else to go. Problems I have with it. The DNA we're talking about, it was just a few years ago, two or three years ago, this shawl's turned mm -hmm. up and it's been passed down from, not from police custody. It's been passed down from passed down and passed down and passed down. And it was from I can't remember, was it was it Edo's or was it some I think it was Edo, I'm not sure. It was one of the it was one of the the, 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 the victim's shawls. Issues I have with it, there's no sign of semen at any crime scene. So the crime scenes um the crime scenes at the time, the reports, the autopsies, no mention of semen. Um, it doesn't appear that he violated the girls in that way. It didn't appear to rape. It didn't appear to pleasure himself or anything like that. So for it to have semen on the shawl seems a bit strange to me. Um, there does seem to be some now, when it first came out, it looked like they were, uh, they were all happy that they'd found um, both parties' DNA on it. But that is now getting called into question so 
I am I, I'm on the fence with it. I'm on the fence with it. His timing works, um, because he was in and out. As Lee correctly says, he was in and out of um, sanatoriums around the time, and he was always out when the murders were happening. But the problem we have is he ended up dying in the sanatorium, and he just, as I say, that I mean. Jack the Ripper is is now at this stage he's he's having serious episodes of mania, um and this guy doesn't he just doesn't he he's perfectly placid and a really guy in a model a really nice guy in a, a model prisoner although he's nuts, um and he just doesn't fit profile to me he just does not, however he's another one of those guys that was mentioned as I say like when I was talking about the the American quack doctor who wasn't named who I'm now going to go into. Um, or I will do after we do the rest of the suspects here. Um, and MJ Druitt, who is the guy I'm going to be pulling, and I, the reason I'm pulling on these strings is because I think that this guy has done a good job and he's obviously, you know, had these guys as his, his key suspects for a reason. Um, and Kazminsky's in that layer. So he's not he's not out of it. Um, the fact that there is potentially DNA is actually very exciting. It's not one of those that... I don't give a shit if I'm wrong. If it's not, if if it's not, I I just want to know who it was. So if it was not Tumblety, then great, fantastic. It's Kazminsky, and then we can put a, an end to it. But I, I'm not at that point yet because the DNA doesn't do it, and the character of the guy. If you if you put him in front of an FBI profiler just now, I don't think it would match. But we'll see. Um, John, who else you got? Excuse me, I was just having a wee cough there. Um, that's what you call it <laughs> these days, is it? That's, that's what I'm calling it these days. <laughs> I, I. Anyway, more than two shakes. Um, James Kelly. Okay. Heard of him? I've heard of him, but carry on. Yeah. Um, his background was he murdered his wife in 1883 by stabbing her in the neck. Um, he was deemed insane, and funnily enough, he was committed to Broadmoor. Um, mm-hmm. He escaped Broadmoor in early 1888, using a key, he'd, he'd fashioned himself. Um, the police searched for him, but obviously they couldn't find him. And then 40 years later, in 1927, um, after his escape, he actually turned himself in to Broadmoor mm-hmm. after 40 years. Uh, there's a there was a program done in America by a retired New York police officer, uh, mm-hmm. uh, cold case detective called Ed Norris, mm-hmm. and he's examined. Um, he he's been quite in depth in this guy, and he believes he was also responsible for mul- multiple murders in multiple cities around the United States. Uh, he he highlights a few features. He actually got access to his file, um, and that has never been opened since 1927. Uh, and he said he the this guy uh, James Kelly uh, fits the perfect profile match mm-hmm. for Jack the Ripper. So that's a kind of modern day take on somebody. Yeah, as well, I, which I think is quite interesting as well. I agree. He fits the profile as a serial killer. Um, I don't think he's Jack. Um, two two things. He his modus operandi was sp- stabbing, not slashing. And secondly, was right handed. And uh, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that um, the Jack's left-handed. 
Um, just because. Oh well, then okay, I'll just shut up and never. No, no, he's a good, he's a good soccer. <laughs> Listen, I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And the other thing is as well. The other that thing is going to happen, Kendall. Just once or twice. But the other thing is got. There's different ways of stabbing. And the other thing, if you bring your right hand across like that or like that, that you know, just because it goes in a certain what they're, they're basing that on is a certain direction of blood splatter. Um, and of course, just depending on how you do it with either your right hand or left hand, it might be not natural to the rest of us. But there's no. You know what we're saying is def- it's not definitive. So what I'm saying it's not definitive. Yeah. So it could it could be. But a lot of them. This is the thing. But when you look into it, a lot of them are. That's the thing, eh? Like you none know, of them. there's it's... so many people that stick out for some weird things. But then you're like, do you know what? I, I don't need to look into you too much further. I know it wasn't you. Do you hear about yeah. Carl Fag- Fagenbaum, the German sailor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. openly admitted to mutilating women, you know? I mean, if yeah. you put that on paper, there's a couple of things that, I mean, he moved to America afterwards, and the first thing he did was kill another woman, you know? Yeah, um, right, yeah. He got put to, to the electric chair for that. But even his lawyer said that he was certain that the guy was the ripper. Again, I, I, don't, I, I doubt it completely. But, you know, there's, there's so many people you can link to it, and yeah. they've all got pretty good things to back it up. Yeah, there's so many. There's so many. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. And the good thing is, and the weird thing is, you've got so many records from the time um, mm-hmm, that you can mm-hmm. actually sort of nail people down. And we haven't found them all. They say it was just a few years ago that the um, the one where Tumble Tea um, became a name rather than an American quack doctor was simply because, you know, an article in the New York Times that nobody thought of looking at. And because all the local papers, and this guy's a, a travelling salesman, remember, so if it's Tumble Tea, then in 30 years' time, somebody that actually looks up the... Fucking, I don't know the Chicago Post or something like that is maybe going to come across another article that's got him linked to another murder or something like that because they didn't talk to each other in those days about these things, you know. They, but they weren't. It wasn't on BBC News um, or Sky News that night, you know. Um, so, so yeah, there's a lot to be said. Um, John, who else have you got? You were talking about Jill the Ripper at one point, weren't you? What's uh, yeah, yeah, I was, I was going, but I'll just touch on. I'll just touch on one more. The Jill the Ripper one's quite an interesting one, but mm-hmm. there's just one final character, um, mm-hmm. and again, it's something more to do with the timing yeah. uh, of when he actually died. Uh, was a guy called Jacob Levy. Mm-hmm. Um, now he was a butcher by trade, and he was right. Basically, where he was located was right in the heart of where all the murders happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, Funnily enough, the, the the perception is that he was the killer because he contracted syphilis from a prostitute, uh, which would make revenge a probable motive. And he was a butcher with all the necessary skills to remove certain organs from the victims. Yeah, There's not a lot on this guy, but I just found it quite interesting. A, where he was at the time, B, his profession, and C, when he died. It all fits in again nicely, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know whether he was fucking right-handed or left-handed, Kendall. So I'm sorry. I'll, right. I'll look in. I'll look into this guy and I'll get back to you. I'm going to write myself a thing. Must, I'm going to write myself a report the next day. Must do better. <laughs> I just honestly, guys, if you if you if you spent as many man hours um, on this as I have, then then yeah. You just talk about me. Um, okay, so let, let's we do that anyway, mate. Whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> go for Jill the Ripper. Jill the Ripper is an interesting one. So so go for it. I mean, it's pish, but like go for it. Well, yeah, you you know you you can do Jill the Ripper. I, no, I, no, I, no. I did the last one there. Well, I we spoke about John uh, James Maybrick, and, and if our memory serves me, 
Um, they were actually, it was his missus that was in the frame for um, Florence, was in the frame for being Jill the Ripper. But she, because yeah. she actually was a murderess, but she was, her, her MO, again, the MO is, well, two things. The MO doesn't um, match because she was a poisoner. That's the first thing. Uh, and secondly, and I've seen experiments when people are, are uh, well, they say, oh, it could be Jill the Ripper because, actually, and I've seen television programs and, and because it only takes X amount of pressure to, to, to if you're light, sitting on top of them and you're, you're like throttling them, it only takes like 12 pounds of pressure, whatever, there's nothing and all this kind of stuff. The things that go against it is there was no defence wounds on any of them. Now, he puts them down first and kills them, right? So they're not, it's not like he slashes their throat when they're standing up. So the struggle happens, he grabs their neck as if to throw them and then puts them down on the ground and then slashes their throat. That, that's how he works. And it's all very well saying that when they're down on the ground you're sitting on top of them, it's only going to take 12 pounds of pressure or like throttle them and then you just slash their throat and then it's, it's over and done with. But it's another thing entirely to put them down there without any defensive wounds, without any them. None of them have got skin under their fingernails. None of them have. There's no nobody's had any successful attempt whatsoever at trying to to, to struggle. And there's no signs of a struggle at any of the uh, any of the scenes. So it doesn't work for me. I, it's like I I understand that women are more than capable in this world of doing anything a man can do, but. The characters put out, and in that that day and age, there wasn't, you know, there would there wasn't very many physically strong women that would be able to do that. So that's why I discounted just uh, not many, but it's still possible. It's possible. It's possible. Listen, it's possible. It was a it was a six foot gnat that was like with it, that that had like been surgically like enhanced with fucking um, cleavers for its uh, for, for its legs. Uh, this uh, this thing could have been big foot. Could have been Bigfoot. Bigfoot pissed off. You know. I just like the theory because it's it could have been like a deranged midwife, yeah. you know, who who could get away with walking about mm-hmm. Whitechapel, yeah, uh, with blood on her because she's a midwife because she's got the uniform on. That's why I kind of thought oh, the theory was absolutely. quite interesting as absolutely. well. Absolutely, and you know? if they were if if the, the injuries were done when they were standing up, then well. Even then, I would say no because the stabbing the stabbing motions was down the way. So even then, you would be a very tall midwife or whatever like that. Because especially yeah, long legs, Elizabeth Stride was very tall, um, and the stab wounds are down. Um, so you know it's down the way. So um, the, the the slash wound. So yeah, but you know, I but I'm gonna go. So I, I'm gonna go now on to why I like this guy Tumbleton. Um, and as I say. It was one of those things. I th- I thought this was when I was growing up, and I was looking into a lot, uh, and I bought a few books and everything on it. And I thought we're never going to know. We're never going to know. And I'd seen the the memorandum that named the American quack Duke Drew and whoever else like that. And I was thinking, well, unless there's new suspects, we're probably never going to know. But then this article from the New York Times surfaces that basically says, yeah. Scotland Yard are actually going after Francis Tumulty. There wasn't just one article when they started looking into it. There was basically this chase going into it. So then we're looking at Tumulty himself. You know, Tumulty is an Irish American. 
He is a quack doctor who basically um, makes his money by selling snake oil and pills that will cure everything. So it's basically bullshit. quack. Now, interesting facts about him. He, he matches quite closely one of the, the photo fits, firstly. Secondly, he's the only one of the suspects, as far as I'm aware, that has a collection of wombs in jars. So there's a fact, he has a collection of wombs in jars. While he's in London during the time of the Rippers, he is down as going to, again, this is going back in the stretches of memory, actually, because it's something I'm just remembering. But he'd actually gone, I think it was the College of Surgeons, but it was somewhere like that, and asked for some wombs or um, for his collection or whatever at this time. So that's the thing. Then we have the lodger who leaves in the panic after the uh, one of the murders. Now the guys on the police radar, the reason the guys on the police radar and the reason I think he's left is because he has been arrested a couple of times um, for homosexual acts, which are completely illegal in those days. So he's been arrested, taken away at the, um, the station, he's been arrested. Um, now, so we've got a guy that potentially hates women. He's got a, he's got a collection of uteruses, rather, uteruses, in his, in his possession. And he's in London at the right time. And, and, and he's down as hating women. When we look at the suspects, and as I say, when we t we take, I think it's McNaughton that wrote the the um, <clears throat> that wrote that memorandum in the American Quack, who is quite a likely suspect. Now we get to the point where after the last murder, this guy's fled to New York, and they think so much of it that they send Detective Andrews to New York. Now, remembering, you don't fly to New York in 1899. It's probably a month-long journey on a ship. There's not a couple of days. So you send one of your best detectives across looking for this guy. And then, apparently, the paperwork to support this is reported, in again, in the American press, that they try to extradite him. But the charges they've got him on him at that time, which is just on the homosexuality, aren't strong enough. They're not extraditable offences. However, the mere fact that they have sent one of their best detectives over there and they've tried to extradite this guy. And that's not in many places. Again, this is going from the American press that this is what's happening. The last thing I'll throw in is that a girl called Carrie Brown in New York on the 24th of April, 1991, was killed in a very similar manner to the Jack Ripper killed. Left-handed, slashed throat, and she was mutilated with one of her ovaries placed beside her on the bed. His address at the time 
was that she she was found in Bleecker Street, a 24-year-old prostitute. She match, matches again all the marks of her upper kill. He lived 0 0.6 miles away from that at the time. So again, we have another killing which is remarkably similar, and it's 0 0.6 miles from her. Um, killings. Now he's not mentioned as a subject, uh, as a suspect in this, and the reason is because four days—I think it's four days prior, five days prior—there's a theft of him. He actually goes to, um, I think it's Alice Springs or something, some some springs or other, and it's over there where he goes quite often for holidays. And four or five days before the um, the murder, he is down in the press again in the local paper there, which is why I say that I think a lot more will come out from the local press if people do the right research, um, as having things stolen from him in a hotel, uh, and which included sort of five thousand pounds. He always had wages of cash on him. It's like five thousand dollars or something. I met often. So the thought process was, it, well, it wasn't in New York at the time. Well, no, it wasn't in New York four or five years, for, sort of four or five days before it. But we know he's based in New York. If he has been robbed, has he kept himself together pretty much during that time? And then a couple of years later, he's angry, he's annoyed, he's just had his light, basically because he carries, he doesn't use banks and he's got carrying all his cash. His cash has been nicked. So has he come back to New York basically the next day or started the journey in New York? So he comes back and then the first day back first day back in New York, does he go and take out his anger on another prostitute? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my case against Francis Dumbleton. And from what we've got, I think he is my likely suspect for Jack the Ripper. However, I, I am going into, and we might have a follow-up, because I am going to try and find this thread on Montague, Montague J. Druitt and see why well, the fuck was he in the frame. Because Kuzminski was a very likely suspect, really. And Tumbleton is a very likely suspect, really. And yet we know nothing about this guy apart from he committed suicide just after the last murder. So there we have it, Jack Ripper. Um, gentlemen, um, a summary from, from, from you guys. John, do you think we'll ever know? Do you have a favourite? Do you have anybody you think? Uh, just a bit on that guy, Francis Dumbleton. Do you know he was, uh, I'll take it you all know that, that in 1865 he was arrested mm -hmm. uh, for apparently being com uh, compliant in the assassination at Lincoln? Yep. Yeah, that. That bonkers, like. if, you, if you look into him, yeah, if you look into Francis Tumblety, he is an incredible character. Incredible character. Um, um, I, 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 I think it's just going, do you know something? I actually, personally, I hope it never gets solved. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> do you know, it's been, I mean, look, it's been 1888, do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's about 130-odd years now, give or take. Mm -hmm. If that's it, then there's nothing else to do. You know, there's there's nothing else to say on it. If it, if it, so, from that, I hope he's never he's never um, he's never. Found, I don't think he will personally. I think he's been too long. Mm -hmm. uh, but I would say uh, there's just so many, so many to choose from. I I mean I know that uh, from what you're saying, the the, the 
Charles Cross or Lechmere mm-hmm. is not plausible. Um, oh, I never seen that. Pure, I know, no, 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 no. But purely because of his night off and stuff like that, I think he's got it up there. Yeah. And I also like the guy there's not really a lot on is the guy Jacob Levy. Mm-hmm. Purely because of the ABC, mm-hmm. where he was, uh, what he did, mm-hmm. you know, and his motives behind it as well, you know. So, um, yeah. So that would be my two, if I'm being honest with you. Okay. But there's Lee. that many. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there is. There's thousands. Lee, what do you think? Sounds like Tumble Team definitely deserves his own uh, podcast outright. He's an interesting oh, character. He's an yeah. interesting Definitely, definitely. Um, so yeah so 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 there we go I think that's where we're going to leave it just now we, we, again this is one we might revisit if something something else comes up or if we can manage to, to find a thread to follow and we'll see where we go with it and maybe a couple of the characters um, so join us next time I'm going to throw a curveball where we're, dis- where we're discussing what we're going to do uh, um, next time guys guys what do we think about doing Zodiac yeah it's quite it's quite prevalent actually to what we've just been talking about he is, and that's what I was saying. He's just coming on my mind when we've been doing this, and not only that, but he he's is another one that's never been found. Eh? He's not been found, uh, and no. I it's some it's another one I've looked into, um, and I think it's solvable. After like with BTK being found and Golden State Killer being found in recent times, then um, then I I think it's potentially solvable because it is DNA. So. Yeah, let's let's look at him next time. Okay, folks. Well, thank you very much for your time and thank you very much for joining as always. Um, please, we have now got Facebook presence as well. So we're on all the podcasts. Please leave us reviews. Uh, please leave us your thoughts. Um, if there's somebody that we should be looking into and for any of these things that we're, we're talking about, please let us know. And uh, join us next time where we will now be dealing with the Zodiac. So thank you very much and we'll see you next time. Adiós. Adiós.